Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everybody. Heath Pierce coming later on to talk Europa League and a few other pieces of news, including Romelu Lukaku's injury. But right now, we did a fantastic one-on-one with Barcelona and United States men's national team star, 19-year-old Serginio Dest. I talked to him uh, earlier today, one-on-one for CBS Sports HQ. We talked about you know, what it's like playing with Lionel Messi, his hopes and objectives for Barcelona, and the U.S. as they look ahead to the World Cup 2022, and so much more. It was a great chat, and make sure you stay right here, because here it is. Serginho Des, 19-year-old Barcelona and United States men's national team star. His Barcelona face Alaves on Saturday for a Halloween fixture. Serginho, it's a pleasure to welcome you to CBS Sports HQ. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you, thank you. I'm good. How are you? We are great, great to have you. How are you enjoying your time in Barcelona? How has it been so far for you these past few months and weeks? Uh, these few weeks were, were amazing for me, you know, uh, make my debut for Barcelona, like such a big club, the biggest in the world. It's uh, very special for me. And yeah, we, we won the last game against Juventus, you know, Champions League. You know, I didn't play, but uh, we still won, you know, so I'm happy. I'm happy that we got six points in the in the Champions League group. And for me, yeah, this is just a beautiful city. So I love it here. I feel home over here. Serginho, you became the first U.S. international to feature in El Clasico, even though the result didn't go your way. You were fantastic. How did it feel for you being in that game? How do you balance the excitement of the moment and also the fact that you have a job to do? Thank you, thank you. Now it was it was an yeah, amazing game. You know, fortunately we lost, but uh, El Clasico, you know, it's the, the biggest game in the world. So, you know, for me it was a really special moment. Um, I think yeah, I played uh, pretty pretty well that game, but um, yeah, we didn't play with public. You know, so I got the feeling, but not the real real feeling. You know, but uh, yeah. As I said, like unfortunately we lost, but it was a really really special moment and a great experience for me. You had plenty of interest, including Bayern Munich and others this past summer. Why, Serginho? Why did you choose Barcelona? I feel like your answer will be pretty easy to answer. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, biggest club of the world. And it was, uh, you know, my dream club. So my dream came true. And I, I, I felt like I had, um, you know, options to play over here, you know. And like for playing time as a Dutch coach, um, you know, I know him because he wanted me in the Dutch national team. So yeah, we we talked we talked and yeah, I, I had a good feeling with this club and I felt like I can, you know, especially because they, um, you know, created like this they're starting a new project with the, with the Barcelona team, you know, with young players. So I thought this this will be uh, you know a, a perfectly fit in for me. How's your Spanish, Serginho? ¿Cómo está tu español? Está bien? How is it? <laughs> bien, bien, un poquito, un poquito. I speak. Uh, you know, I'm learning Spanish. I'm, I'm taking classes over here because I really want to uh, speak that language. 
you know I'm after Spanish I want to learn Catalan but um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting there good good well keep it going you play with a tremendous squad of course including Lionel Messi what was it like meeting him for the first time and calling him a teammate yeah, that, was, that was just unbelievable it was unbelievable you know the first time I saw him I was just looking up you know because he was in the gym I just came in I, I was just uh, looking to the right and I saw him and my face just in, uh, turned into like wow you know it's Lionel Messi over here next to me so it's a yeah it's really special also on the field you know to play against him to pass him about to get the ball from him so it's really it's really special to play with uh, the best uh, player of the world. Serginho I know he's special but is there anything interesting about Messi La Pulga that we may not know about anything that you could tell us? <laughs> I think you guys know everything already, you know, he's a really nice person, you know, I have to learn Spanish, so, you know, then I can talk with him, you know, like make, make a couple of jokes, but uh, for now, yeah, I think you guys know everything, like he's the same as you see him. As mentioned, there is a wave of young American talent in Europe. Christian Pulisic with Chelsea, Tyler Adams with RB Leipzig, Weston McKenney with Juventus, Gio Reyna with Dortmund. We could go on, including you, of course. Serginho, how do you feel about the future of the United States men's national team as we look ahead to the World Cup in 2022? Yeah, I feel like everybody is really hungry, you know, for the opportunities. Um, everybody wants to make uh, the U.S. great, you know, so it's... Um, you know, for me personally, I work uh, really hard, you know, I want to reach my full potential, um, you know, not only for myself, but always uh, also for the for the country, you know, I want to, uh, you know, like achieve big things with the US. And I think we have a we have a good generation coming up. So hopefully everybody is uh, doing the same, like keep working hard, you know, and I think we can reach something something nice maybe maybe already in 2022 but uh, i think definitely in 2026 serginia do you guys have your own secret whatsapp group maybe on instagram that we don't know about do you stay in touch do you have some messaging every week about how everybody's doing no we don't have uh, we don't have uh, we have a group chat with like all the us players but uh, it's not it's not like secret um, but yeah it's with the coach everybody so you know we we don't talk too much in it, but um, I feel like the coach is talking with all of us, like, you know, personally. And yeah, I feel like the coach is, you know, a really good coach for us because he helps us a lot. And like for me, he's asking me a lot of questions, you know, like after every game, he asked me like, what, what could you do better in that game, you know? And I think he's really busy with us. So, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good sign for us as players, you know, that the coach gives us confidence. And, um, you know, so we have to give something back. Serginho, finally, what is your objective for this season? What targets are you setting for yourself as you begin live with one of the most important clubs in world football? What do you want from this year? Um, I want to develop myself, you know, really well. And, of course, I want to achieve uh, big things for the club, you know. Try to win the Champions League. I want to win uh, the La Liga. I want to win the Cup. And with the U.S., uh, we have qualifiers uh, upcoming summer. So, you know, I think qualifiers of Gold Cup, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I want to win every single game with the U.S. and uh, make sure that we are qualified for the 2022 uh, World Cup because that's really important for all of us. And 
like personally for me, I really want to play in a World Cup. So, you know, we we have to make sure that we are able to to qualify for that World Cup. Serginio, finally, I want to ask one more because it's such a pleasure to have you here. When you look at the Champions League and how things are going, how do you see yourself in this group? What are your objectives for the Champions League? Obviously, it's a tough group, but plenty of options for Barcelona. How do you see the Champions League? Um, yeah, I think we are, we are having a good chance, you know. Um, I think we are getting the, the, right, uh, the right shape back. And, you know, the last game we won against Juventus, we have six points right now. So the next game we have to win again. And, you know, we have to, we have to make sure that we win all the, all the games in the group. And then, you know, also in the La Liga, just to get a good team spirit. And then after that, I think we just continue and hopefully win everything. Because I think we have a chance because Barcelona is an amazing club, you know, and we have uh, like the best players in the world. Serginio Dest, the best of luck. Thank you so much Thanks. and the best. Thank you so much. That's good fresh pressure by McCartney. He's stolen it away. Chance here for Will Antwerp. He's put it into Raphael. Oh, 1-0. The goal scored by the Israeli international for the Belgium Cup winners for the goal made by Tottenham Hotspur of England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. As promised, Heath Pierce is here with me to recap some Europa League action and, of course, some news uh, and answering your questions. Heath, buddy, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I actually just marked myself with a pen on my clothes, so I'm not <laughs> that good, obviously. But yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited, tired because Champions League, Europa League weeks are busy, busy, but we're hustlers, baby. We just keep going. So let's get straight to it. Heath, uh, Tottenham, Antwerp claim a famous win against Tottenham. Uh, and to be honest, the, the Antwerp started brightly and they never really looked back. They got an early goal. Uh, Mourinho made four changes at halftime to try and, you know, stir some things. Uh, and aside from just like that half chance from Son, they really never looked like anything. And it's weird because obviously they started well last week. But Antwerp win, full credit to them, one nothing. Mourinho, if you go to his Instagram, it's kind of like how it started, him happy on the plane, how it's going, him sad on the bus. So, oh, I love yeah. when memes come to real life, man. <laughs> I, I love it when they become a real thing. But yeah, I mean, four subs at halftime, I believe. Right? right. Bail out, Deli out Vinicius out I think there was one more too yeah bail uh, out uh I believe uh so it was bail out name in the central Ali uh, and Carlo, uh Steven Bergwin as well he was out as well Lachelso yeah, right. as well Lachelso yeah. yeah man yeah. that's a statement right it, it, when, I, when I was playing I, I remember it being only one time that happened to me actually that's 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 not true two times my second professional game I thought I'd figured it all out I was like you know what I'm the guy, you know, actually I, it was my third. Cause I subbed in the first one. Second one I started had a man of the match performance. Third one, I was the guy, you know, had the worst performance ever subbed out at half. And that was the first time I realized how you make a statement and that's getting subbed out at halftime. Uh, and that happened to me one other time in my career against, uh, against Eintracht Frankfurt, who I almost went to uh, before going to hands of Rostock instead and got subbed out at halftime. I was like, yeah, that door is probably closed. Uh, but you definitely make a statement when you go out at halftime. So yeah, just a poor game uh, all around. You know, they and, and they could have had more against against uh, Spurs. Fortunately, they played Brighton at the weekend, so you know maybe that puts them back on track. But yeah, com completely uninspiring for ninety minutes. 
Yeah, but, you know, let's not take anything away from Brighton. They might be a headache to them as well. You never know. But to your point, they never really got going. Even though Tottenham had more of the possession and more shots, uh, Antwerp really took most of the advantage. They never really sat back. They just pressured and kept, you know, showing Tottenham and Joseph Marino that they weren't going to be scared. And to be honest with you, I mean, you look at, we're talking about the deep squad of Tottenham, the deep squad. I mean, when this game started, when this game started, you had Matt Doherty on the bench, Son, Harry Kane, Lamela, Lucas Maura, you know, uh, Hulk, Hodgeberg, like Son, like all these players. And on the other side, one, two, three, four, six subs. That's it. That's all they had. Yeah. And they just went at it and they went at it hard and, uh, and they got that win. And, and Joseph Mourinho, once again, has to figure out how do I keep this train, not just rolling, but staying consistent. And to your point, they got Brighton, but... You know, Europe is one thing. I get it. But, you know, I, I understand that they want a top four finish, but pay attention to what you got to do right now. Yeah, look, there's an argument that happens all the time in the game, right? Which is, hey, yeah, but what if what if Pep Guardiola had to coach Spurs? or And Spurs is a little bit disrespectful to make the comparison. But could these coaches play with anything less than the biggest budgets and the best players and a carousel of the players they want when they want them and full control, right? And we're seeing that with Mourinho. He's got a lot of work to do. He seems really motivated by the project because it's very different than, than anything he's ever had to do. Um, and, and so, yeah, but this is another one of those steps along the way where you're like, I mean, what do you do, right? You put in, you put in your big players uh, and they don't really create much. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you, hopefully they look back on it in 12 months and they're like, oh yeah, this was a good turning point for us to really wake up. But, you know, Mourinho's already said the, the biggest problem with this team is that they're, they're obviously too nice. As you mentioned uh, a couple of podcasts ago, that was a comment that he made in that all or nothing uh, documentary. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it is. Sometimes they're just too nice. But so it is. Tottenham comes out with a loss. Staying in North London, Arsenal wins it against Dundalk 3-0. I mean, Dundalk tried hard. They gave it their all and until, you know, they, they held him for 40 minutes. And then Eddie and Kataya scored in the 42nd, Joe Willock in the 44th. All the girls, uh, well, two of them came in the first half. And then Nicholas Pepe with a really great goal on the 46th minute. So they didn't really need their, you know, their stars to really do the business. We, we didn't think any surprises there, but there's a special feature, Heath, in this game, right? Yes, Falaren Balogun, American Youth International, gets his, uh, his appearance today. I think it's his first ever Europa League appearance. Uh, I think it's only the second or third time he's ever dressed with the first team. So he's in the last year of his contract. I know they're, they're stalling between whatever he's now able to sign a pre-deal uh, outside of the Premier League. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in their plans. Perhaps this gets them back in, you know, Already up 3-0, not a lot of action for him. At that point, Dundalk was already sitting back deep, so he was playing in that top central position and really found it hard to get involved right when most of the game was happening in the midfield and the game was was in front of him with his back to goal. So, uh, but, but a really cool thing and a, and, and a great moment for, for, you know, soccer in North America. Yep, another good piece of news. Uh, other scores, uh, Real Sociedad loses. One nothing to Napoli, uh, a deviated, a deflected Matteo Politano goal in the 55th minute. Real Sociedad had 14 shots uh, to Napoli, six, but, and they only had one on target, but that one on target was the goal and they got it. Uh, Victor uh, Osman, by the way, got sent off in stoppage time, but Napoli gets three points. Other results going. Uh, Tell me the uh, Leverkusen result, by the way. I, the Leverkusen I result stayed Slavia Prague, one nothing, and Leverkusen got a red card. In that one with Karim Bellarabi, we actually watched it. I thought it was pretty harsh to give a red. He, he went in chasing the ball. 
Um, I guess the two foot situation could have been given, but I, you know, I, it, I, I thought it was rough to give it a red. I think our friend Ian uh, Joy also agreed with us, um, but I don't think Christina Uncle obviously didn't. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a one nothing to Slavia Prague, and they take it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was that was one I was really excited about um, that game because Florian um, Verts got the start at the ten position. And then they were down a man right away. And so I, I, I switched off that one. I, you know, you know, you know how it goes. You put on 19 screens and that was one that had to get sacrificed for some other stuff. So, too uh, many yeah, games, brother, too many games, but you know yeah. what credit to Leverkusen because they lost their man on the 22nd minute and they went at it. They held, they held. In fact, they had more possession. No, that's where you don't get credit. You don't get credit because you went that when, when was the goal scored? In the 80th minute. Yeah, exactly. That's when you've just literally wasted 80 minutes. You've wasted 60 minutes. You know, the credit comes when you say, you know, we grinded this out. We got our point, you know, tough circumstances. We all we all uh, smack Bellarabi in the back of the head when we get into the locker room and say, hey, pick your head up and we keep going. But uh, it is it is that is a tough time. It's a long time to go, uh, you know, down a man. But, you, you know, you put a lot of miles on your legs in those situations. You at least want to leave with something. Yeah, at least the credit goes if you don't get sent off. Um, other results, Benfica wins uh, convincingly against Stuttgart Uh We all saw that going. PSV beats Ammonia 2-1. But I want you to look at this if you're watching on YouTube. Our producer is going to put it up right now. Uh, Jordi, uh, Jordi Gomez for Ammonia um, scores a goal, really beautiful from the halfway line. It's a free kick, but the ball's still rolling. The ball's still rolling. And it's still given because of Europa. It's not the Champions League, so... You know, uh, the ref doesn't review it. He just gives it. But come on. Like, I, I mean, the ref was right there. No, you don't give that. Yeah. The ref watched it all the way, too. That's the thing, right? Yeah, I, I believe I saw the angle right. The, the referee's facing facing the play at that at that time. And that's where, it, look, this is where the arguments are, right? We've quickly forgotten that there's so many circumstances outside of VAR because it's implemented in most leagues now. And now you see a situation like that. And you have two sides of the house divided, right? You have, you have one house divided into two sides is a better way to say it. And because if you're, if you're the team, you're like, yeah, but it's barely rolling. You played the game. You know, sometimes it has that little bit of roll. You just want to get on with it. And sometimes the refs let it go, even in a normal circumstance where you're playing a square ball. And sometimes they roll it back and go letter of the law. Ball has to stop. It can't be moving. This is a circumstance where, you know, you definitely don't get that. The moment you put your hand on that ball, that goalkeeper's probably putting his head up and, and, and prepping for you, uh, or at least putting your hand on the ball to stop it. So, yeah, a lot of controversy in that. Almost sure always, that. almost always the official says, no, the ball hasn't rolled it. Almost always. I actually can't remember a time unless, aside from this one right now, where they gave it. And the fact that there's no VR in group stage matches in Europa, as to your point, makes it a big issue, I think. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, one of the most frustrating things that happens to you is when professional foul happens, you're on the field, you put the ball down, you play, right? And maybe it's got that little bit of a roll to it, but you want to get on with it. You want to keep the momentum going. The team that, that's fouling you is probably trying to kill that, that, that rhythm and, and whatever, and so you're just going to get it going. The worst thing is when you strike like a, even a long switch off of a ball barely rolling, the ref calls it back. You're like, oh, come on. Worst. Stay on. Let us play. You know, what, what's the difference, right? What's the difference? Well, now you see what the difference is. Ball's rolling, you know, fantastic strike and, and a goal. Yep, that's it. All right, there's so many games, guys. So if you want all of them, just Google them, all right? But you got Leicester <laughs> City beating Athens 2-1, Villarreal winning against Carabac 3-1. There are two games that you wanted to talk about first. Uh, Milan beating Sparta Prague 3-0. A good result for AC Milan once again. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, I was, I was talking about this the other day about who's going to be the emergence of these sort of late nineties, early two thousands players. And Brahim Diaz continues to show that this is probably the right club for him, right? He's again, he was one of the first Spaniards to go into that new city sort of academy. Didn't pan out, went to Real Madrid, which I thought was a terrible idea. I spent some time with him a couple of summers ago and he, you know, fantastic kid, super happy kid, really nice. Um, promised to, he actually promised to give me a cut of whatever money he made, which he did. I have that on video of him saying that. So he, Wait, he, that's he, he, yeah, that's binding for sure. He thinks it's, he thinks it's never coming back, but yeah, again, finding, finding the right team for him. He was, he was very good. He had a nice little pirouette spin move today in the game. And obviously a nice little tap in off of some hard work defensively to win it, to, to win the ball and start the attack that he got from, from um, Zlatan. But again, beyond that, my player of the match is uh, Diego Delo. Um, goal and an assist as a left back at, you know, much, I give up love to any left backs to have a great performance. He found himself higher than the strikers more often than not, which was, which was something. Uh, but yeah, fantastic performance from him. Uh, and just an all around really good win from Milan. You know, we talked, we talked recently about, is this a comparison to the nineties Milan? And, and I, and I hate giving those types of comparisons, but you're starting to see them find results in every way, shape or form. Uh, and even with Zlatan missing a penalty, they were still able to, and it was an expected win, but, but an emphatic win at that. Yeah, and you know, the good thing about Milan winning today is to your point, when you win and Ibrahimovic doesn't score, then you know you have a real a real setup here because you now have a squad that doesn't rely on just one player. The other game uh that uh worth mentioning, Celtic and Lille. Celtic was leading two nothing up. Uh Mohamed Ilionisi uh scored two uh good goals in the first half, and then Lille came right back in the second to make a two all. Yeah, this one's surprising for me because Jonathan David, Canadian international, uh, scored a ton of goals last year and is seemingly struggling to score goals. Got a penalty today, I believe. That was called back. He was subbed out uh, right around the, the start of the second half. Timothy Weah came in, which is great. That's, that's, that's amazing. But the story for me is that, one, the, the form of, of Celtic right now, both in the league and in Europe, and, and Celtic hasn't been great in Europe in the last couple of years. But now you see Rangers emerging. I believe they got a result today. Yep. Uh, and Celtic coughing up, up 2-0 after, uh, you know, getting 2-0 away from home. I think you should be able to, especially a Celtic team that knows how, they're mostly playing week after week against teams that are going to scrap and grind. They know how to get tap into that mode of like, let's just scrap out results. You have to win dirty sometimes. And for them to give up those two goals, um, uh, I think is is a sign of, of the times at, at Celtic. Um, but again, uh, the one other thing I wanted to say about that is I just don't see where, where Timo Weah fits into this team. You have yeah. Jonathan David, you've got Burak Yilmaz. You've got so many good players within this squad that he's he's finding minutes hard to come by coming back from his injury. Uh, so it's good to see him get on the field. But yeah, a real shock for me. Lille are a quality team, a lot of young, great players, but uh, Celtics should have been in a position and we're in a position to be able to close that out. Yeah, they're going to rue the fact that they didn't uh, stay with that 2 nothing and make it even 3 or 4 and actually allowed Lille to come back. And then finally, the other one was uh, Roma uh, tying nil-nil against uh, CSK Sofia. Um, nothing much to say here. I mean, Roma dominated in almost every department, uh, but they couldn't get that goal. So, you know, that, that, that's just a lesson once again to a team such as Roma, uh, who's, uh, you know, a giant, obviously, in Serie A, a good team, but couldn't close out against the bottom, uh, the bottom team in, in, in that group, in Group A. So that is Europa, but stay right here because we'll be right back to talk about Romelo Lukaku and answer your questions. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Heath Pierce with me. Heath, 
some news actually uh, from Inter Milan side. Romelo Lukaku could miss. Uh, it's very important clash with Real Madrid uh, after suffering a thigh injury. Um, he actually went off uh, to do an MRI scan after feeling some discomfort against Shakhtar Donetsk. And uh, Inter announced that he has uh, strained the muscle in his left thigh and he's going to be continued to be assessed day to day. I don't like the ambiguous post here. So uh, it's a bit worrying. Um, I'm hoping that it's nothing too serious for Lukaku and Inter Milan, but uh, up to this point, I don't know uh, how serious it is, but you know, when you, when you go for an MRI scan, that can never be good. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, these bigger clubs tend to have these uh, MRI machines on lock. You know, I will say there was a few clubs that I played at that, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to be able to see a lot of, they wanted to be able to see through your leg to know that it's time to get an MRI stand because of the cost of those. But, you know, Inter Milan's big club and they're going to, they're going to take all the precautions to, to, to get to the bottom of whatever that issue is to make sure they're not lingering, lingering, but it definitely shifts the dynamic within group B uh, of the champions league, right? Inter Milan are in third Real Madrid are in fourth. Fourth, Inter Milan are two draws after the first couple of games. Um, and without Romelu Lukaku, who has been, you know, the most complete player uh, that we've seen, a, a version of himself, I, I don't know how they're going to get out of that group potentially, right? If, if he's out for a while, Shakhtar Donetsk have been the sort of darlings of that group, stealing points from people. And Gladbach almost came out alive uh, as well and are sitting in first and second. So yeah, a huge loss if, if he's out for a bit. And again, uh, you know, that uh, sort of uh, mysterious wording of things with Lukaku. Uh, I'd be interested to know to know more about, about that injury. Yeah, the, the ambiguous part is, is not good. Now, nobody's saying that he's out. It's just that, you know, we just have to keep our eye on it. Uh, I mean, of course, Lautaro Martinez is a force to himself, but... Right now, Conte is playing with, you know, three and, and a five and two up front. And so he's going to have to rethink. And we know, if we know anything about Antonio Conte is when he gets rid of that three, five, two formation, he gets a little bit nervous. So, you know, we have to wait and see what happens. All right. The last thing here, uh, we have some questions. We tweeted out, asked people to see, uh, you know, who, um, who, who, what questions. Oh, look, Jimmy Conrad has a question. How much do you miss Jimmy Conrad? Who, who? No, I don't miss you, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I not at all. Yeah, I did. I did expect you to be here with us today, but I, I you know, it, it's it, you know, it's it's like when uh, I was I showed up at a date and and I was stood up a little bit. No one said that Jimmy wasn't coming, so <laughs> oh, I don't miss him. I just don't want to be stood up, you know. Well, I just I had to tweet. I had to Google him to find out who he was. I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah well, short term memory, man. If you're a soccer fan, you better have that short term <laughs> short term memory loss, uh, because otherwise you'll be a miserable fan. By the way, uh, Jimmy went as Edison Cavani in our Halloween preview. It was pretty good. He had the flowing hair as well. That was nice. I liked it. I saw that. I actually thought, I didn't know he was going as Cavani. And I thought that he was dressed as, um, what's her name from the Man U women's team, from the U.S. women's national team. I thought that that's how he came dressed. Um, oh, Kristen Press. Yeah, Kristen Press. <laughs> At the top of it, I just saw a long kind of nice flowing locks and i was like kristen press i get it it's a great show but that's an insult to kristen press <laughs> yeah i mean the, the hair was that it, it was like a nice done hair you know cavani is a little bit more of that uh yeah free flowing yeah, yeah that's right yeah jimmy yes we miss you and we will see well actually the three of us will be back uh on sunday to recap the weekend action but we do have a question an actual question from our friend uh diego montalban our Peruano, my fellow paisano, he big Barcelona fan, Diego is, and he's asking Heath, 
listen, Barcelona has some talented youngsters right now. We know that, of course, Pedri and Sufati, etc. How much time can Cules and Barca alike wait for their performances to transform into silverware? And can Messi be the key to helping them? Well, I don't even know if Messi will be even around by the time they get older. But what do you think, Keith? And Sufati, Pedri, they're obviously a big part of Ronald Koeman's uh, plans. Uh, Serginho Dest is, is, is only 19 too. Uh, you know, w- w- what do you think about these young players? I mean, the players are exciting. I think this is a philosophical issue within a club that is that big, right? Where second place means failure on anything. You don't win the Champions League every year, it's a failure. You don't win the league every year, it's a failure. You don't win the cup, it's a failure. Any trophy that's up for grabs, you don't win it, is a failure. And that makes it incredibly difficult, except for when you have these golden generations of a Messi coming through, to be able to carry that load on your shoulders, right? And I think that's the problem is, and I know Komen wants to be able to shift that narrative away to being like, you know, we got to think next generation because eventually Messi will be done. He will either leave or he will retire or whatever will happen or his performances. He naturally, like father time comes for us all and, and Messi won't be able to carry a Barcelona forever. So I think, I do think they have the youngsters needed for that next generation. I think that's really exciting when you think about the opportunity to bring in and whether it's a, 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 a you know, for Barcelona, a, a, a Holland or, or uh, Mbappe or, you know, a, a striker that it's also young that can give you the next five, six, seven years. You have a really exciting team, but the narrative has to be about the future. It has to be a rebuild, not rebuilding moment. Cause you never, you never get to rebuild at a Barcelona, but uh, you're either in a crisis or you're thriving. Those are the two things that exist in clubs like that. But I think that for me is, is the main thing is shifting that narrative to saying, Hey, we're in the process of putting the pieces together that are going to sustain us for the next decade, as opposed to what we saw with Manchester United at the end of their era with Sherlock Ferguson, where they're just doing one or two pieces here and there. And there's not really a plan as to how we actually grow up and grow on from the last 20 years. Yeah. Usually when you have this question about, uh, because listen, there is no team in the world that can win it with just kids, but there is no team in the world that can win it with just, you know, experienced over 30, whatever players. You need balance, just like in life, you need balance, right? The issue with Barcelona is that they not only have to deal with the balance, but they have to deal with sort of a catch 22, which is like the price that you pay for having arguably the greatest player in the world for so long, who has never known any other club, is that at some point he's going to go and you're going to have to completely rewrite your strategy. And when you think about that, for Barcelona, that's very difficult. So it's going to be about not necessarily what Messi does in order to help these young kids, but I actually think how these young kids learn to play and realize that at some point he's going to go. And they're going to have to figure out that Barcelona will carry on without him. And but that's, that's why I like, by the way, sorry to interrupt you. That's why I like Ansu Fati because he doesn't seem, he yeah. obviously respects Messi, right? Everybody respects Messi. He's the GOAT. But yeah. he seems to really be focused on improving his game. If he sees the shot, he'll take the shot. Even if Messi's got his arms up on the back post, and I, and not, not to say that you know there is a, a good decision and then there's the right decision in, in each uh, situation, but I like the players and having this confidence of saying, you're never going to be the player you want to be if you're constantly saying, okay, where's Messi first? And then secondary, where's, where's, the, where's the next play, right? And, and that confidence to get over that and start taking chances and taking risks and, and developing your game and trying things, I think is a good sign for the future for Barcelona. Yep, I completely agree. Nothing to add there. I mean, when you have players like Ansu Fati who know who they are at such a young age and know that they don't need anybody 
to sort of help them lead that way, then that's a good thing. Uh, Heath, thank you so much for joining us. Heath Pierce will be back uh, with Jimmy uh, at the end of this week to, or as whatever way you think about it, the beginning of next week to recap the weekend action, including Manchester United against Arsenal, Gladbach against RB Leipzig, and some other games all over, including MLS and Liga MX action. Heath, always good to see you, brother. Make Thanks sure for having me. Stay safe and man, have a good week. Can I tell you one last thing? Yeah, go for it. The only thing that's better than recapping 24 games is recapping an entire weekend. Hundreds of games we're going to cover uh, uh, at the end of the weekend. So I'm excited and I look forward to hanging out again. And we do it on a Sunday. Like people, yep. we, need, we should get a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Heath, who, who well, out there is listening that can make that happen? Yeah, well, I'm already, I'm already sending the Venmo request, so don't worry. <laughs> Heath, always good to see you, brother. Thank you. I want to thank Serginio Dest and Barcelona uh, for that great one-on-one. My friend and colleague and expert insider on the show, Heath Pierce. We will be back uh, for more at the end of this week for our weekend recap with Jimmy and Heath. Uh, have a great last few days. Have a great Halloween. And make sure that you follow us on Pod on Twitter. And if you're listening to this on the CBS Sports website, remember, remember, you can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher to listen to this podcast on the daily, on the week. Make sure that you stay tuned for our next one because it comes on Sunday, Weekend Recap. Have a great, great Halloween. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.